here's a story from The World. The program that allows Cuban-American families to reunite with loved ones on the island, it's been on pause since 2017. Reporter Danny Rivera with WLRN in Miami has been following the situation. Uh, Danny, help us understand, why is this program still on hold? So it all boils down to the mysterious sonic attacks that happened at the U.S. Embassy in Havana towards the end of 2017. They also happened at the Canadian Embassy in, in, in Havana. Nobody's really been able to get to the bottom of what those attacks were, where they came from. But the Trump administration, on the on the heels of those attacks, put the program on hold and pulled out almost all of the staff from the U.S. Embassy. So basically, consular services at the U.S. Embassy in Havana have not been taking place. If you want a visa to come to the U.S., you want to get an interview for a visa, you're not able to do that in the whole island of Cuba at this point. So what are families expected to do if the U.S. Embassy in Havana is closed? Like, who can they call? So the the U.S. State Department is actually asking Cuban families to go to a third country for processing, and the the U.S. Embassy that they've designated for that processing for, for Cubans stuck in this is Guyana. So the, the the federal government is asking these families to travel to Guyana to go to the, the embassy to do their interviews there. And Guyana's not easy to get to from Cuba. Cuba has very low wages. It's proven very difficult for people to go there. Um, and there's an estimated 22,000 people that are stuck in this situation that going to Guyana is the only chance that they might have to be able to come to the U.S., Right, which means that the cost of that just went up by a round-trip plane ticket to Guyana. Um, You've spoken with families uh, that want to bring a son or a parent to the U.S., uh, Danny. What have they told you about having to wait like this? Right, there's a lot of them. There's many, many thousands just here in Florida alone. So so one of the people I talked to was Marieta Medialdea. Uh, she paid for her son to come through this program. She registered him in 2016 when he was 13 years old. And now he's about to turn 18 years old. So she's actually really scared that he's going to be forced to serve in the Cuban military because military conscription is it's mandatory there. And she's scared of that. And she, as a result, she's asking the Biden administration to reopen the embassy or at least reopen some of these basic services. Porque lo hecho, hemos hecho de la manera que nos los han pedido, por la que hemos pagado. Y eso es lo que pedimos. So Marieta says that she's already paid for the process, you know, to get into this program families actually do have to pay in, and that's to do the processing, and that processing hasn't happened yet. And she says in order to go to Guyana, she would have to go with her son since he's underage, and that means the, the cost of it would just double, which she's not able to actually pay for. She doesn't have that much money. And I also met Nubi Robaina. She's a Cuban born here in Miami, and she and her family were very, very close to reuniting with her cousin, aunt, and uncle who are in Cuba now, and this is what she had to say. They went on an interview. They were approved. They have a paper saying, welcome to the United States of America. Come back to pick your visa on next month. They closed the embassy and all of their documents are in there for over three years. Wow. So o- over three years and not really anyone to call about this. So they've been living in limbo, essentially. Ha- have there been any consequences uh, to keeping the embassy closed and the reunification program on hold this long? So keep in mind that Cuba is a surveillance state. So when people on the island make it publicly known that they don't like the government, that they want to leave, they're basically put on a blacklist for work on the island. And they're closely watched by government functionaries. So Robaina, for instance, told me that her family is not just stuck. They've been stuck basically at home, under the thumb, not been able to, to work, to study, and under the constant eye of this authoritarian government. 
So do we expect the Biden White House to help out? I mean, will Biden reopen the U.S. Embassy's consular services in Havana? So the Biden administration has launched its own investigation into these mysterious sonic attacks. They hope to get to the bottom of that. And and there's a lot of pressure coming from some parts of the Cuban-American community here to, whether they find answers or not, just come up with a solution. Uh, One thing to keep in mind is that the closing of the embassy happened just after the embassy opened in the first place. The U.S. reestablished diplomatic relations in 2015 when Biden, Biden was vice president, and the U.S. hasn't even named an ambassador of that country. So in some sense, he's facing pressure to actually normalize the relations, which were never truly normalized in the first place. That's Danny Rivero, reporter at WLRN in Miami, speaking with us about the possibility for Cuban-American and Cuban families to reunite. Danny, thanks very much for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me, Marco.